We are also brought to you guys by Monarch Social. Now, Monarch Social isn't just another social media marketing company because they're going to take care of you on all your digital marketing fronts from SEO to beautifully designed websites to custom videography. And if you want to know more about that, you got to check out the video they did for me uh, on the Thinking Project Facebook group um, because it was absolutely phenomenal. They absolutely killed it. Morgan and his team take really good care of you. They walk you through every step of the process and the communication is on point. So if you need a custom video, a beautifully designed website, if you need uh, custom social media ad campaigns, Monarch Socials, where it's at. They also have a podcast they release every Friday where they bring you a ton of value. So check them out, monarchsocialbrand.com, or you can find them wherever uh, you're on social media because they're probably there too. So check them out, monarchsocialbrand.com and get your digital marketing rolling. Okay, guys, we're also brought to you by Hepius. Hepius is your number one place to go for premium CBD products that won't break the bank. And I promise you guys that if you check these out, you won't be disappointed. They've got something for everybody. It's THC free, which means it comes with a work safe guarantee. Whether you need a roll on for your muscles and your joints, you need a sleep aid to get your day ending right, or you need uh, their number two that get your day started right. Uh, they got something for everybody. They're quality, uh, lab tested, third-party tested. It's all good. Go check them out, hepiusmed.com, H-E-P-I-U-S-M-E-D.com, and tell them that The Thinking Project sent you. Monday, Monday. Happy Monday, everybody. Uh, today, I had the pleasure of interviewing Brian Springer. Um, but before I get into that, my website is up and rolling, daltonkjensen.com. Big shout out to Monarch Social for making a beautiful website. And there is a tab on there where you can support the podcast by supporting our sponsors. So if you have a business or you want to start a business, go to the sponsors tab and there's every uh, facet of owning a business that you don't want to deal with. There are people there who deal with that. So accounting, marketing, business coaching, anything else you can think of, anything else you need to have a successful business, there's somebody there you can talk to that's totally trusted by me. In fact, one of them is Brian Springer. He owns Launch to Legacy. They have uh, come up with an affordable way to offer consulting services to help launch or scale your business. And also, they gave you a free month. So if you use the Thinking Project code when you check out their website, launchtolegacy.com, you get a free month on any of their packages. So go check it out, Launch to Legacy. Use code thinking the Thinking Project, excuse me. And without further ado, welcome Brian Springer. He's a real good friend of mine, and he sent a lot of people to the podcast, and you will thoroughly enjoy this episode. Thank you. Welcome, everybody. This is Don Jensen. And you're tuning into The Thinking Project. Yeah, when we were at that, we're rolling. Um, when I was at Wise Guys, there was a, it was different because um, with comedy, I felt like you were really like, people were really judging you. Like if you're teaching something um, and somebody doesn't like what you're teaching, they might, they might learn something. Like if they're in the right mood, they might be like, well... Uh, at least like he didn't teach this right, but I know. And, and at least you can kind of figure out, like, if you're listening to a bad teacher, you can kind of figure out how not to teach bad. You know what I mean? But if you're in comedy and you're on the stage, like how I felt like you are looking for validation, like the laughs are means that you're doing something right. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. And, uh, so that was the hardest part. I was like, holy cow. Like if someone doesn't laugh, that's literally, it's almost like business, right? That's like real life market telling you that what you have is not working. That's them doing this. <laughs> right. Looking yeah. at my clock. Are we almost done? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was a lot of fun, though. Uh, I had a ton of fun. But uh, Brian, thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, Launch to Legacy is what you own. But I've known you. You've been in all, all sorts of uh, businesses. But business consulting is like your main gig. It's part of my main gig. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, because I also do product market fit validation at Venture Validator. Yeah. And when I originally met you, I was working at Business Builders Initiative. If you probably remember that yeah, one. Yeah. And I inter introduced you to Casey with Soundhelm. And during that time, we were trying to figure out this whole consulting thing. How do we get this to work? And we wanted to work with startups, but we couldn't figure out, well, what what is the best solution for startups? And the best solution for startups, we found out, which should be obvious, is 
they can't spend $3,000 a month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But they want the support so they can get something up and running so they can get their business, at least just the basic foundations together so they can start putting in some basic marketing sales, yeah. development, whatever it may be. And then they can actually start growing up. But then if they can do that, but if they can also do that on a shoestring budget, well, then that's, that's money. That's best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I was going to say that's the, that's the dream, right? I was actually just talking to my wife about this last night because, um, I'll have, I'll, people will call me, um, every once in a while. And just, cause I, I know, I know enough about business that I can help guide people in, a, in the right way, at least to start with. Mm-hmm. And so I'll, I'll, people will call me on the phone and ask me questions and stuff. And I was like, yeah, you know what? That's a really good idea. And that's why I've always been kind of like leery of coaches. Um, and like mentors, especially when they're like big ticket, like pay to be your coach, 10 Absolutely. grand. I, I'm really scared. Like I've interviewed a ton of them and I have no problem with like their hustle. Cause if you can do that, I think that's, you know, go do what go you gotta it. do. Yeah. But, uh, but for me, I'm like, oh, dude, I would, it's tough for me because I know it all. And, and like, I'm a big, uh, have we talked about Gary V before? I feel like we have. I, I feel we have. Yeah. yeah. And you know, Gary V's like, give it all away for free, you know? Mm. And so I was like, so that's what I kind of adopted. Like my conversations over the phone are like, I'll tell you whatever you want to know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we're of the thought process that let's give people thousands of dollars worth of service for under 50 bucks. Oh, that's cool. (laughs) And if we can just bend over backwards by giving them amazing service and just high level quality every step of the way, then they go, okay, great. Well, I love what you're doing now. What else can you do to help me really grow my business? Like yeah. I'm getting the basic foundations, but man, I really want to ramp this up. So can we start meeting once a week? Can we start really growing up? And we just essentially wait for them to ask us saying, Hey, I love the way that I'm already working with you. So we don't have to be like those typical high ticket <laughs> consultants to where it says, pay me $10,000. It's like, no, no pay us $25 yeah, and then see how our services go. And if you're really liking it, then bring it up and say, Hey, what, what other services can you provide for me? How else can you help me? Yeah. And I feel like that conversation, at least in my head goes a lot easier, right? So much easier. <laughs> well, let me ask you this though. Cause this is, this would be something that a lot of people would tell would, would re- rebuttal. I feel like, and that is how many of those a month, $50 a month people convert into your high ticket packages? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. So we're relatively new. So we just came out with this new model probably about four weeks ago. So I can't really tell you yet. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) Because we've got one person who's on a a higher ticket and he's having some really serious growth over the past four weeks. And then we've got probably six people that have signed on to our our, our smaller listing packages. So we can't tell what the conversion is going to look like yet. But ultimately, we're, I don't know, we're maybe guessing five to 10% of them are going to graduate and move up to the level of of getting much more involved services. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it's five to 10, I think you got a good deal. I do too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if, if you got, sometimes those packages are like, if, if only one person converts, we made our money and that's a mm-hmm. good place to be in if you're in a business, you know what I mean? Like leveraging oh, yeah. the right uh, clients. So what kind of clients do you typically work with? We want to work with startups as much as humanly possible. So ideally our, our absolute ideal target market is people who are just idea on a napkin (laughs) and they haven't even really put anything in place yet. They go, Hey, I've got this great idea and I really think that this is going to make a difference. And then we go, okay, great. We'll start working with us and then we'll help you develop your unique value proposition, figure out your problems, problems, uh, solution, why someone would want to choose you, who the competition is in the marketplace, who your target market is. That's the very base of what we start with. And then we just grow from there. We give you on-demand consultants so they can step you through every, every step of the way through all of our kits and uh, resources that we have available. Mm -hmm. The beauty of it is the three packages that we have is when you sign up for any of them on the onboarding, you get an automatic complimentary strategy session. So even if you're only paying $25 a month, you still get a a full strategy session to where we can do a deep dive into your business, figure out where you are, where you want to go, what problems that you're currently working with. And then we can give you some very tangible information of, well, here's that clarity. This is going to get you to that next level. So 
that, that's fine. You don't have to be a high ticket item <laughs> with us, but just go through this. But then this will just give you a very clear vision of while you're going through this, then this is what you want to focus on. Yeah. That'll get you to that next step. I think that's a great idea. I think that more people would be receptive to something like that, especially since, um, I love the fact that when you give like high value like that away for low cost or free, like eventually they come back to you and they're like, Hey, uh, I don't know how to do that. Like you told me what to do, but I don't know how to do it. And then that's when the conversation opens up and, and you can, well, and then you can have like real conversations about what value actually is and why things cost so much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, when someone comes from a place of like, I know how to do it. I just can't like, I don't have the time. I don't have the skills. I don't have the equipment. That's, I feel like that's a, almost a better conversation to be in. Oh, it, oh, it definitely is. Yeah. And I mean, one of the beauties of it is we don't try to say that we are experts on any of this. We just want to say that we're, we're really good at being the uh, strategy people, the consultation people, but the deliverables, uh, marketing deliverables, putting an MVP together, we don't have any desire whatsoever to do any of that. Yeah. What we want to do is set up the strategies and get you ready for it. So when we're going back and forth and like you were saying just a little bit ago, if you get to the point where it says, Hey, I don't know how to do this or I'm getting stuck on this. I don't want to, I don't want to try to do paid ads. I don't want to create organic marketing content. I don't want to manage my social media pages, anything like that. Yeah. Then do you have someone who can help us with that? Absolutely. That's where we've got our exclusive network of resource partners that are the specialists in all these different things to building websites, to generating traffic to the websites, to building a mobile app, a prototype. So you can really start getting traction with your company, really whatever you're looking for. We have options that can get you to that next level. And for example, like if you're looking for funding, then you can go on and you can go through the steps with us and we can find out really who's going to be the best investment portfolio or the investment platform, yeah. the right funder, whatever. Yeah. We'll make the connections and we'll just get you down the road and put you on the platform and just make sure that we're setting you up for success as much as we possibly can. Yeah. I think that that is probably one of the best things you can do, especially funding for small businesses is hard. So like starting startups, like, because you tell me what the difference is. Like, I feel like when I've talked with small businesses in the past, either they're looking for, um, like a very small amount, like, like, um, you know, comparably small amounts, maybe five or 10 grand to start their business. And not a lot of banks will go, go there. Mm-hmm. Or they're looking at like, you know, you know, hundred thousand million dollars to start up their business. And then those are like SBA things. Um, but how do you, how do you find like, like when somebody's looking for those low, uh, loans, those low dollar amount loans, like, what do you, how do you handle that? Like if somebody's like, Hey, I just need like five grand or 10 grand to start this thing. Well, that's the thing because the majority of people are not going to do that for him. So the, I mean, there are some crazy stats that, I mean, 70% of the time that spent or with a a co-founder of looking or his entire time. So, is spent looking for money and, (laughs) and that's not even an exaggeration. I mean, he needs to focus on the strategy and the vision and growing his business, but instead he's off just trying to schmooze all these investors to say, Hey, can you please give me money? (laughs) We can't prove that our company's scalable because we're pre-seed or we, we don't even have any revenue, but trust us. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Those (laughs) are tough. Just give us 10 grand and trust me, it'll work. Yeah. Like, no, we're not even going to entertain the thought. Like, like even the early stage, the pre-seed, investors, they're, they're not even going to give that a consideration. It's like, no, just start to build some traction, start to put together either some, um, some pre-sales of saying of people looking at a prototype that you have put together and saying, okay, yeah, I'm on board. Once you get the A, B and C ready, then I'm hundred percent ready to do this. Yeah. So if you can say, I've got 200 contact emails and you can see this right here on our spreadsheet that they all say that we're ready to go. The second this gets built, that's going to look a lot more attractive as opposed to just here, put money in my hand. Trust me, I'll figure this out. So, yeah. so the way that we do that is we just say, Hey, 
start with us 25 bucks a month. That's it. Um, it doesn't make sense for you to start on for even the, the investor readiness yet, because we want to just get the core elements. Like I was saying, the figure out who your target customer is, figure out how you're going to market to them most successfully, figure out and, and really just start picking up the phone and talking to them and saying, like, if you think your target market is say women, 18 to 45 years old, start picking up the phone and just calling these people and say, Hey, I, I just want to just um, pass an idea over to you. So this is a company that I'm thinking of starting yeah. and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then what do you think? Does this seem like something that would even be remotely interesting? And then also, do you feel that you're in the market where it's the right fit for you? Yeah. And then they might say, oh, okay, I can see how it's good for somebody else. Oh, okay, great. Well, when you're saying somebody else, like what, what range are you thinking? And yeah. they, they can even help you narrow that down. Oh, that's cool. And then you can eventually move over to Venture Validator and pay $1,500, $2,500 to put together a full market uh, product market fit validation. But once again, they probably don't have that money right now. Yeah, so yeah, we yeah, show yeah. you how you can just do things with absolutely nothing or very, very close to nothing. Because <laughs> if you don't have $100 to invest in your business, you need to stop and you need to give up. Because <laughs> yeah, if, if you you're not willing to spend a hundred bucks on a business, then what are you doing? Go yeah. go back to a, just a regular nine to five job because you're wasting your time. Yeah, or uh, or like start saving up to do it. Yeah, I, uh -huh. that's true, man. Uh, a lot of people want to have these ideas of of like I interviewed a guy who does like. Um, are you familiar with zero dollar startup? I'm not. Okay. So I, I interviewed Roger Comstock. Oh, I know Roger. Yeah, Roger Comstock. So he he does zero dollar startup. And uh, I thought that was great. You know, you don't you actually don't need a lot of money, but it but there's money to coach, right? So which is fine. Like um I love Roger. I think he's a great dude. I think I thought his platform was fantastic and what he teaches people is great. But I like what you're saying also. And and it kind of goes the same way. Like if you don't have if you're not ready to invest this like real money in yourself, you need to really rethink about what you're doing <laughs> because yeah. uh, it's true. A lot of, you know, um, just like when I tell people who want to come on my, my podcast, I'm like, uh, I don't know if you saw this the other day, but I posted like, what could you talk about forever? Um, cause mm, yeah, I feel like a lot right. of, I feel like a lot of people want to be on a podcast, but you can't talk for an hour about something that you love. And, uh, and that's who I don't want on my bike. <laughs> like you gotta be able to talk. Like when you say something, I feel like you have to be, I, I gotta feel it. You know yeah, I think my response to that one was poker. And then I go, wait a minute. If you don't have any remote interest in talking about poker, then you totally don't want to talk to me for an hour about poker and be like, I, but like your eyes would just get super glossy. I can probably make it semi-interesting. Sure, sure. But you got to have some level of reasonable interest in the in the hobby. Yeah, or that's true. Don't. Or you don't yeah, want to have a conversation. Yeah, dude. Uh, but <laughs> I don't want to bore your people. <laughs> but that's the cool thing, though, is uh, we've had like crazy conversations on here. And I don't really care like what it is. I just feel like people, um, they have these ideas in their head, but they don't ever try them out mm -hmm. until so, until they're like ready to go to bat. Uh, and then it's, and then at that point it doesn't work, you know, like you want to come on a podcast, but you can't talk for an hour. You want to, you want to start a business, uh, but you don't have a hundred bucks, you don't, or you don't want to give a hundred dollars. Right. Cause I feel like most people could, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you were telling me I could start my dream, whatever for a hundred bucks, I'd probably do it right now. Well, yeah. Yeah. Of you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, at least start, right? It might not, I might need to work more than that, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Cause if you told someone, all you have to do is give up your house, your car, your family, <laughs> and I guarantee you, you will have a successful business by doing A, B and C. They're like, no. Yeah. I don't want to do that. <laughs> that's right? a yeah, terrible idea. <laughs> do you want me to join a cult next? Like that's what it sounds like. Yeah. No, seriously. But if it's a hundred dollars for sure, then that's, that's a, that's definitely a good option. So this actually made me think of why I got started in this business because okay. I've been in sales and consulting and business development for say 20 plus years and, but working for higher, um, like uh, much larger companies like Enterprise Rent-A-Car, like oh, yeah. eBay and all that. So when I came over to here, I started going to uh, a group that was called Mon One Million Cups. I don't oh, know I've heard of heard. that. Yeah. Okay. Did, you awesome. did you introduce me to Tiffany Palmatier? 
Yes, I did. Okay. Uh, dude, I love Tiffany. With two fairy. Yeah, with two fairy. Holy cow, that was such a good idea. But that's what she told me about one million cups. Sorry, go ahead. Nice. Yeah, and when I was over there, there was one of the guys that I was talking to that he had such passion behind what he was talking about. And he had these couple businesses that he was looking to start. And there was this one that was starting to make traction. And he was, and you could just tell that there was that passion in his eye. You could see that glimmer in his eye and everything like that. And mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's really exciting. Mm-hmm. And he got me excited because of just the passion that I could tell that was behind it. Flash forward about three months later, I was asking how things were going and he goes, yeah, I'm, I, I decided to table that. Um, I, I think I'm just going to go back to the job where I was about eight years ago. And, and I don't know. I mean, I can, I can get good money. I can make a lot more than I was with the startup. And you could tell he was just like defeated. defeated. Oh my goodness. Absolutely defeated. And it was right there where I go, that's what I need to do. I need to keep the glimmer in startups eyes. So that doesn't ever go away. How do I do this? Yeah. So that's what I've been working on the last two years that how can I make it so they can get up and running, get traction and not have to go back to a nine to five J-O-B, if you will. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, um, especially if that's what someone wants. If that's what they want. Yeah. If yeah. that's what someone Some people wants. are totally satisfied with nine to five, whatever. That's yeah. fine. Well, I am like, I feel like I'm in the middle. I like, uh, I like to do my, my podcast and my, and my e-commerce business, but I also love like my nine to five. I, I work in sales for a software company in Draper mm, okay. and it's like, I feel like there's some things that I get there that I wouldn't get at least right now in some of my businesses or in my other two businesses that I have. And so I like, like benefits. Well, yes, that's a big one. But I also like, I haven't um, had that in a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know when I, when I was, there was a time when I did go full time and, and that was a big one. I was like, holy cow, dude, paying for medical on your own is ridiculous. Um, but no, more specifically, I mean, like I'm, I'm in sales and, and like leadership and there is something cool about having a team around you that wants to be there, that is. is working towards the same goal. And right now, like, I, I really like that. So I don't know. I, I get there was a there was another, you know, comment. Somebody was like, uh, you know, what did your nine to five teach you? And I was like, dude, here's the other reason I like it. Those some of those companies are willing to pay big money to send you to trainings that like normally you wouldn't be able to go to on your own. That's true. You know what I mean? They have they have resources that are very, very different from a startup. Because yeah. if you go to start up with a, a, a startup and you mention benefits, then they might just look at you glossy like <laughs> That, Wait. That, that one that's cute <laughs> Two, of course not right or they're like or they're like we don't even know how to do that uh-huh yeah. they wouldn't couldn't even tell you how to start that yeah and they can't say well let me go check with my coo or right. let me go check with <laughs> the <laughs> hr manager they don't have that yeah they don't have any of that dude <laughs> um and they i mean how do you how do those conversations go let me ask you this when you get the start these startups who you know you know they need things like this, you know, they have employees and they need HR, you know, um, and maybe they don't need like a full HR department. Like, you know what I mean? They don't need, you know what I mean? They don't need it, but, um, you know, so I've seen some people just start hiring people and paying them on Venmo. And I'm like, you can't do that either. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like, and I'm like, that's an HR nightmare. Yeah. I'm like, that's what I'm saying. You, You can't do that, bro. He's like, well, we're okay. Everybody's okay with it. I'm like, yeah, until shit until hits the fan. Until one person who's not, it's called the government. <laughs> right, dude. Yeah. Or, or even like, uh, you know, that no contracts under the table money. I don't know. It's just crazy. But I mean, talking with somebody about like now it's okay to invest a little bit in HR. It's okay. To, how do those conversations go with you? How do you start those? Well, whenever they're to the point of, because we usually just work with either the founder or a team of partners okay, and they usually don't have employees yet, but let's okay. assume that they do have a couple employees and they're really starting to ramp up their business and they say, Hey, I, I need help with, with payroll, with benefits, with HR, sure. whatever it may be. Yeah. Then we always recommend, well, don't hire an HR manager. You've got four employees. That's yeah. I personally think that's a terrible idea. I, really, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I yeah, don't even I think, I don't even think you should get an HR generalist until you've got 20 plus employees. Oh, interesting. So before then, and this is, this is also going back to my roots a few years ago when, when I was working for a PEO to where we did payroll, um, out, HR outsourcing, all that stuff. Uh-huh. And I'm a big believer in outsourcing all that up to a certain point. 
So you can go over and, and really once you start having one employee, two employees, three employees, whatever, then you can outsource for, for payroll time and attendance, you know, sure, sure, stuff, stuff like, like that. that. Yeah. But you probably still don't even need to actually do their outsourcing HR services yet. So really what you want to do is almost have like a help desk, an HR help desk where you're paying probably like 50 bucks a month. Sure. And okay. then they're just there when you have any questions of, Hey, I need, I need questions with like, how do I do a background check? How do I do these things? And then yeah, they can just okay. bounce ideas off of them because otherwise you're absolutely wasting your money. And the absolute key part of, of uh, startups within the first few years is cash preservation and cash growth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if you're spending 40 grand on an employee, <laughs> That's not the way to preserve cash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, especially not. when most of that is not like in, is not a, from revenue generation. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you're talking about forty grand of just like of managing of people, managing people, and, 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 and granted, super important. I mean, HR, yeah. Yeah, 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 HR absolutely. can get you into so many nightmares if you don't do it right. But what happens is. Because what we find happens a lot more often is when you have a team of co-founders, it's usually not an HR manager that is also coming on for an equity stake and then not even really taking any salary. That's not usually how HR managers work. They're like, no, I'm going to do a certain amount of base, no commission, no equity, and then that's what I do. Yeah. So if you can't get an HR manager to come on at a very early level and just do equity, then it probably doesn't make sense for you to get an HR manager. (laughs) Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh yeah. That totally makes sense. Um, so you would suggest that at that point for small businesses like that to, um, find a, like a help desk or somebody who's charging a low fee that you can just bounce ideas off or Mm -hmm. have somebody have a resource where if you need a background check, uh, they can do it for you for 50 bucks or, or something like that. Yeah. And I mean, so, for example, one of our resource partners is ADP, and yeah, okay, um, yeah. I think you know Brandon mm-hmm. uh, Keldon. Yeah, yeah. Okay, got. Yeah, I love gotcha. Brandon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just I just hung out with him yesterday. So, oh, good. Um, the, that one's a really good option because we we sent them over someone who they just had three employees and just needed to get up and running, so they just got basic payroll put on there, and then they also have just basic HR help desk available for them through that through their company. Yeah, so yeah. You can get that, and that's just included in the services, right? And then and that's cheap. Oh, it's so AD, cheap. ADP is like for three employees, is, and you pay them twice a month, probably only. Oh, it's dirt bucks. cheap. Yeah. It's dirt cheap. And like yeah. as far as, fi- less, yeah. Yeah. And as far as filing payroll, you just got that on an app and you just swipe, 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 approve, 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 done. And you done. Yeah. And they pay all of your, they, they help you f- get all the number, all the tax IDs you need. That's exactly all the, all, they pay all the withhold or the pay all the taxes for you. Mm-hmm. Dude, they ADP's, can do workers comp. Dude, they are great. <laughs> ADP is great. I, I've sent so many people to Brandon too. Cause I was like, I didn't realize how easy that was. It's so easy. It's so easy. Um, that's great though. But yeah, so like once they're getting up to 5, 10, 15, 20 employees, then they can see that you're hitting certain milestones and they can reach out and say, hey, um, I think you might need these additional HR services and then they can grow with you. So it's pretty Yeah, good. that is really good. And having somebody who can grow with you as a startup is like, that's the, what you need. It's necessary. Yeah, that's what you need. Especially since you can, um, you know, you can, everything can go so wrong so quickly you know, I, have, I heard someone call it a dummy tax. Like you're paying me, you're paying me so that we don't get into trouble too early. And yeah, cause I've seen that I've seen, uh, small businesses get in trouble really early. Um, and then their dreams never come true because they weren't able to, you know, they, they didn't know what they didn't know. Yeah. I mean, imagine being a company, you've been around for two years, yeah. you're starting to make some pretty, pretty solid growth. You're say a couple hundred thousand dollars in revenue a year, and then you get sued for half a million dollars. <laughs> Boom. And that's it. Yeah. And you're and done. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> for something that you didn't even realize you needed. That's exactly right. That's the worst part. It's like, you know, is if like I did something wrong, that's on me. But if I didn't know, <laughs> and did it anyway. That's hard. That's yeah, like, wait a minute. I did unfair <laughs> employment practices. <laughs> Nobody yeah, told me. No, one told no me one's that. going to tell you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you need to yeah. hire someone so they can tell you that. <laughs> or just do some diligent research and try yeah. to figure out. But the thing is, a lot of CEOs, they think, oh, I'm going to figure out how to be an HR manager. That's mm-hmm. a terrible idea. Yeah, that is terrible. You shouldn't <laughs> do that. Stay in your lane. Yeah. And yeah. let other people that know that lane focus on that. Well, I learned in sales. So there are a lot of things that my nine to five taught me. One of the biggest things my nine to five taught me what that high is that hybrid positions always fail. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, have you ever heard of like in sales specifically, like, hey, we need you to lead a team and generate your own. I did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I did terrible. that for two years. I did, I did that as well. And I'm like, this doesn't work. It, like, you and I was half as effective in both. Right, right. And, and the worst part about that specific situation is one of those is, um, you know, your your whole livelihood. Normally when they do that, when they do something like that, they'll pay, you know, you, you get your normal commission as a salesman and then they'll give you some kind of little bonus for being a team lead. Mm. Right. And so it's like, okay, well, I don't make as much money over here and uh, I need to. So you're going to focus so on you're gonna what's going to bring gonna you, more pay you more money. money. Yeah. That's exactly right. You know what I'm that's, a, that's exactly what I did. And, and until after a while, <laughs> right. I go, I'm going to step down and I'm going to just do sales because yeah. I make a lot more money on sales than I do managing the branch. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's, and that's exactly what you should do. I've noticed that uh, not all, not all like, um, great leaders were high-performing salespeople and vice versa. Oh, yeah. And it's just, you just got to find your lane. Like you were talking about, you just got to figure out what you're good at. Um, and then keep going. But back to that, this idea of like owners, right? They do one thing really good and they shouldn't try to split their time and do these hybrid roles. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it just saves them money because they're going to fail in the one, you know, in something. And normally it's going to be this HR. Normally it's going to be like, they don't think they need an attorney. They think they can Google their own oh, contracts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they put together operators agreement and say, uh, yeah, I can figure all this out. Yeah, they, that's not, that's the one thing they, they go, Oh, we can figure out all the common stock. We can do cap tables. We can do no. all this stuff without any, <laughs> any assistance from anybody else. Like, yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Look, I went, I got my bachelor's degree in accounting and, um, and you know, all of that stuff and, and going towards my MBA. And, uh, I still like, won't write those, my, like, I won't do like the common stock and like the structure myself. I will, I will just shoot that up. Cause you're too, I feel like even in that case, like I'm too close to it. Mm. You know, you want to be like, you want to have like third parties and be neutral and, and like, no, 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 we got this from somewhere else. We all agreed on this, you know? Uh, Instead of like, no, you wrote this and you knew what you were writing in there, you know, kind of thing. I still have, I like, I'll still, you know, get that all out without, you know, with help and not do it myself. Yeah, for so. sure. Well, and also to go back to what you were saying, where you said you're going to make a mistake if you're a CEO doing a bunch of different things. Yeah. Let's assume they don't make any mistakes and they succeed at everything that they've done to wear seven different hats. Well, how much more successful would they have been if he just stayed in his lane and oh. had other <laughs> and surrounded himself by other people who knew more than he did in other lanes? Yeah. Then all of them just would have thrived so much higher. That so is much faster. I had an I had an owner like that. I worked for an owner like that who um you know thought that he had to do everything um and and really micromanaged people. Mm-hmm. And that's what I feel like you're doing when you're wearing seven hats, even if you're really good at it. Yeah. Is you're micromanaging. And then I was like, well, you know, one day him and I got in an argument and I was like, why don't you just fire him? Just get rid of them. You don't need them here. You're paying them money to do a job that you're doing. And that was, you know, and then, and then, you know, an argument kind of ensued after that. But, but I, but that's how I talk to people. Like I like to, that's how I was, you know, my mentors, you know, trained me and raised me was like, you just hit people right between the eyes. Well, just get rid of them. Just fire them. You know? And it was like his best friends and things like that. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's like no. oh, dude, yeah, just get rid of them. You don't need them. You don't need them. Um, hmm. Because when you wear multiple hats and like you said, even if you succeed, you're, you're not growing as quick as you should be growing, need to be growing, want to be growing. However you want to word that, like you can do better and you should do better. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, I feel like that would be such a hard cause I've had those, but I feel like it would be harder in your, in your stance because, um, there's a lot of ego on the other side of that table when you're talking to these businesses. Oh, there's owners. so much ego. Well, and the thing is, cause it's their baby. It's yeah, something yeah, that they've yeah. been working on for so long because they might say they've been in business for three years, but they've been thinking about this idea for probably five years yeah, before long, they yeah. even started to do it. Yeah. So they've been putting their blood, sweat and tears, sometimes working 80, 90, a hundred hours a week, not really seeing their family and just really focusing on their business. And then you go in and say, well, you, you may want to consider doing it this way, this way, this way. They're like, how dare you? (laughs) (laughs) How can you possibly say that I am wrong? I'm not saying you're wrong. What I'm saying is you may want to look into slightly adjusting certain things so you can optimize at a higher (laughs) pace. 
Are you even remotely interested in being even more effective <laughs> or are you comfortable where you are now? Right. Right. Do and, you want to uh, grow faster or not? Yeah. Do you want to grow faster? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's hard as a, as a business owner and it's hard as someone trying to talk to a business owner to like help them just like, dude, just take the binders off for a minute. Like no one's coming after you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but we need to really talk about this. You know, we really need to figure this out, especially if you want to make it. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if, cause I know you've been selling for a while. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you sell the way that I do, but sure. the way that I always sell is I, I'm very, very blunt with people. And I, so first I will find out what they need and everything, yeah, go yeah. back and forth and all that. But yeah, when it comes time to essentially go in for the close, if you will, yeah. then I'm always saying, all right, well, this is exactly how it is. This is what I would recommend doing if I were you. And what do you think? And asking the awkward questions, having the yeah. awkward silence and all that and being comfortable with it. But I, I'm, I'm just very much of, okay, well, you're, what you're doing here, 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 and here, yeah. those are problems. I would, I would cut <laughs> all those out immediately. Yeah. And that's totally fine if you want to do it. And I think you're doing it wrong if you do it that way, but here's how you need to do this to be a lot more efficient. Are you interested or not? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, that, no, that's how I sell. Here's the cool thing about sales though, is that, um, you have to really be comfortable in your own skin. And I feel like whatever process makes you comfortable in your own skin, uh, is the process you should be using. Mm. Cause I think confidence in salespeople, uh, is more important than any word track or like, or guide or script. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause if you yeah. can confidently deliver something, you know, if you can say it with a smile and be confident and tell somebody that they're wrong or whatever, like that's how you should sell in my, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's all about confidence. Like, because, you know, you give someone, you give some new sales guy a script or a guide and tell him to read it. And he's like shaking and reading it word for word. No one's going to buy that. You know what I'm saying? Not at all. <laughs> no, uh, Jordan Belfort with uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Oh yeah. I got, yeah. I got the way of the wolf. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So on, on the wolf stand, have you listened to his podcast at all? No. Okay. It's great. Okay. Yeah. You should definitely check listen it out. to it. So he's got a lot of salespeople and, and they just really break it down of figuring out what what specifically your method that type of stuff and i mean he says that within first four seconds is when someone makes their first impression of you Mm -hmm. so if you're not showing that you're confident that you're an expert in what you're talking about and if you're kind of being wishy-washy all that then they they've, they've already moved on Oh, for sure. They're done with you. I re- I got his book, the Stratton Oakmont Sales Manual. Oh, nice. Like the PDF one. Nice. It was awesome. I read through it. Did they talk about the straight line method? Yeah, 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 yeah. He talked. So it's only on his website, so I have to like save the link because um, mm. his his physical copy was like first of all, it was sold out. Second, it was like really expensive. But mm. um, but then I read his book, The Way of the Wolf, and that reminded me of a book. Um, I just go through all my books, but <laughs> Presence by Amy Cuddy. Mm. Um, she talks about nonverbal communication and that's what she says. People judge you off of two things, uh, warmth and competence. Like, do they know and do they care? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And they lean more towards competence, but you have to have both. So it's like a 51 49 split. You know what I mean? But yeah. So like, cause you can kind of, if someone knows and they're not super warm, but they know what they're talking about and you can get past it a little bit, then some people will deal with it. You know, they'll deal with like, he's really smart. He knows what he's doing. He might not be saying the right things, but I know that he knows what he's talking about versus like someone who, you know, they're warm, but they don't know anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you, like they don't care. Right. <laughs> well, it's funny. Cause when I was talking to um, my, so, so when I was talking to Eric at Venture Validator just uh, yesterday and, and I was talking to him about how the deal went, cause it was what, what I like to call the one call close. Oh which, yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. Which are always fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those are great. They're always Every, exciting to me. Everybody needs those. <laughs> sales guy. That's how salespeople, you live almost for those. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it, like, it's, great. it's definitely the thrill. Yeah. So, um, when, when I went and did that, then she was mentioning that she couldn't do anything for a month and, 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 and I'm sure you've heard that plenty of times. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then when that happens, it's almost never that they can't do anything for a month. It's all right, well, let's uncover exactly what that is. Mm-hmm. But then I went back and I said, okay, well, there's this, there's this, how about this option, this option and and trying to navigate through it. And then when I'm doing that, then he goes, Oh my gosh, you, you, you're speaking like, like you're speaking to your friends and to your family members. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Of course I'm not a robot. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And, uh, and sales is just about like, 
competence. I, I've said that. I heard a mentor say that to me. You know, competence breeds confidence. And when mm-hmm. and when you can and when you're when you know what you're doing, then obviously you're going to be confident. Yes, and hundred um, percent. You know what I mean. And so that's why I think when you're talking about sales, knowing the product is a little bit more important than knowing how to sell. Oh, that's exactly right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because I I'm a big believer that I feel that I could sell anything if I fully understood the pro- or at least yeah, uh-huh. understood yep. the product enough, enough yep. to have a a confident conversation with somebody. Sure. And competent enough. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. If you, if you can hold. And so that actually happened to me when I went to a startup, I worked for, um, a a local startup, but they sold metal industrial metal fabrication equipment like machines. So, um, you know, big, they had government contracts, you know, big pieces of equipment, a hundred thousand million dollar pieces of equipment. Um, and I was like, they were talking and, and, you know, one of the reasons I got the job was because they normally would hire like mechanical engineers, uh, because when you're talking about metal and, and bending and shaping metal, there's a lot of math that goes into that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, you know, how far can you bend a piece of metal before? Like, it, you know, you can bend it, but it can't hold anything. Right. And so how, you know, you know, you got to go through all that. And I was like, look, I can learn the it well enough. And they were like, okay. So they hired me because they were like, we're sick and tired of hiring engineers. We want to hire a salesperson. And it was cool. Yeah. I was like, you just got to teach me enough. Like what are, what are the normal questions people ask? What questions should I be asking? You know, and how do you find the information? And then let's roll. And I did. And I did great. That's awesome. <laughs> and, and I love it. So about 10 years ago, there was this company called Stryker. That's a medical device company. Holy and, I think I've heard of that. Yeah. And yeah they I think they sell like life-saving heart equipment Yeah, and <laughs> right. they wanted to hire me on and they were ready to hire me on. But um, I ended up saying no right at the last second. But um, their thought process was they go, well, do you know anything about the medical industry? Like, have you ever been into pharmaceutical sales or anything like that? Yeah. And I said, nope. Yeah. I said, okay. So what you're going to do is you're going to have meetings right in front of a cardiologist and you're going to talk about the specifics of what our life-saving device does to a cardiologist. I'm like, yeah, that's terrifying. What? Yeah, that's terrifying. <laughs> so wait, I, I just... I'm currently selling cars. <laughs> <laughs> you sold cars? That's where you started? Totally Dude, that's where cars. I started. Nice. That's great, man. Yeah, so when I was at Enterprise Rent-A-Car, I did that for a year, and then I went over to the car sales side of it, and then I Perfect. did that for like seven years. Perfect. So, I feel like... Oh, that helped me so much. <laughs> I feel like car sales is this weird mix of like retail, uh, outside sales, and inside sales. Because yeah. you got to be on the phone. Oh, yeah. You make cold calls. You make a phone calls. A lot of phone calls. Yeah. Uh, you you talk to people face-to-face. You you cold meet people face-to-face, you know, whether you're on, like, the lot or the parking lot or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you're, like, you're, you're this retail because you're there, like, all the time. And you and you can sell a car. You can meet someone and sell a car in one day. And, and, and they can spend 50 grand, depending on, what, you know. What you're selling. And then you're also doing customer retention with, with uh, calling them I and, love, uh, like yeah. on one year, two year, three year, whatever. And then say, <laughs> Hey, is, uh, do you have anyone else that's looking yeah, for something? Look for referrals, yeah, yeah. Friends, family members. Stuff. Are you looking for a car yourself? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, it's, okay. there, yeah. there's, there's so many elements of it, but there was even one more element that we did because yeah. we were mainly a referral car sales department. Okay. So yeah, we had up traffic as sure. I'm sure you're familiar yeah, yeah, with yeah. that terminology. Yeah. And the big thing that we did is we would build relationships with credit unions and also with our enterprise rental branches. Oh yeah. Because yep. let's say that your car gets completely jacked up and you go get a rental car and then it's, it's totaled. And it's like, well, I wasn't planning on my car being totaled. So that means I wasn't actively shopping for a car. So yeah. then they just simply say, well, are you looking for a car? Um, yeah, I guess I'm going to be looking for one now. Okay, great. Start with my buddy, Brian. Yeah. He, he can help you out. He's just right down the road. I'll give you his card and I'll have him give you a call. What's your number? <laughs> yeah. Or like, Simple as that. Or like uh, yeah, that's great. My car just got totaled. Well, do you like the one you're driving? Because we'll probably have one that came out of rental status that you can buy. So oh, yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, I love car salespeople. I I didn't like the the culture of some of the dealerships that I worked oh, in. Oh, they're terrible cultures. They're, yeah, a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, to- they're very toxic. Uh-huh. But uh, but I learned a lot and got to teach a lot. And uh, I thought it was. I mean, it was very it was very much a blessing at the time that I needed it to be a blessing. Because <laughs> like, you also it's it's also like true sales because uh, you can go in there and make a t- 
ton of money really quick. Mm-hmm. Like if you're just, and most of the time with car, with car shoppers, it's like they've, they've done more uh, research than you probably, right? They know more about that car than you do. And uh, so if you're just nice to them and you know enough, you'll get, and you know, and they're ready, you'll get the deal. It's not that big of a, it's not that hard. Yeah. That's why I, so I'm like people like, especially on the connect Utah thing, they're like, Oh, I'm so terrified of sales. And I'm like, that's because like, it's the boogeyman, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, you just don't know anything. It's actually very easy, uh, in my opinion. And maybe it's because I've been doing it longer, but yeah. So Jordan Belford always talks about that. They're just natural salespeople. I, I would definitely consider him a natural. Sure. And just some people where it just immediately clicks with them so well that it's just very, very fluid process. They don't have to do a lot of research to figure out how to do this, this, that. Yeah. And then there's people that are just terrible at sales and will probably <laughs> never become good at sales. So they, um, some of the people that are telling you that might be right. Yeah. And then sure. there's everything in between. <laughs> right. So there might be like 10%, 10% and then 80% of them can learn and they can get good at it. Yeah. Like, there was someone on his podcast just a couple of days ago that he was originally an engineer. Oh, and cool. And he wanted to learn how to grow his engineering business. So then he started marketing and he did marketing for like 10 years. And then he ended up doing sales. And when he did sales, he was just so overwhelmed. He's like, oh my gosh, what? Because <laughs> going from an engineer to sales, oh, that's, that's, be that's hard. Well, yeah, because it's like your brain. Like there, I tried it's, to take engineer. I tried to take an engineering class and I was like, nope. <laughs> this isn't for me. I'm like, it's not for me, dude. Cause that's what sure. I thought I wanted. You know, you're a kid. I thought I was going to be a mechanical engineer. Mm. Um, and, and that's what my girlfriend is. Yeah. That, which is great. I mean, like kudos to mechanical engineers. I just didn't have the brain for it. You know what I mean? Uh, but I feel like that's what every kid should do. If you think you want to be something, you just need to go like, go do it. Cause you'll, you'll know real quick. Like, so I got my bachelor's degree in accounting and I realized that I wanted to do more entrepreneurial accounting yeah. versus like CPA. Cause I sat with a CPA and my mom was a CPA and I was like, this is dumb. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing this mm-hmm. at all, bro. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't want to do it. And again, CPAs very necessary. Got to do it. I didn't have the brain for it. You know, I wanted to be more of like an entrepreneurial accounting finance guy and it ended up working out well for me. Well, and it was funny because I I fought being a salesperson for like the first five years of me doing sales. Really? Because it originally started at Discover Financial Services over on Lake Park. Oh, yes. Okay. Like credit cards? uh Okay. Yeah. So when I was, I was probably 17, 18 years old, something like that. Great. And I did that for probably six months and I'm like, okay, I'm okay. I'm in no way, shape or form. Am I good? Yeah. Until... Our team said, all right, we're going to start doing this thing for the whole floor that every team is going to have a first place person at the end of the month. And then that immediately perked me up. I'm like, I don't know why I'm excited about this, but I got to get first. Yeah. I don't know what's coming over me, but I really want to get first. And yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even know what the prize was. I just wanted to get first. <laughs> so that, that very next month and then the following three months I got first on, on that. And they, they would give like tiny little things, but it would be like a recognition where they would have all the first place people on the team come in and then they would give like a $40 re- reward or something like that. Yeah. 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 It wouldn't even be cash. It'd be like a, dis- a nice discover watch. <laughs> like, okay. It says discover on there. That kind of sucks, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I yeah. guess it's a watch. So whatever, <laughs> maybe I can sell it sometime down the road. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but that was a thought process where I'm like, okay, well, I guess if I have, if, if I have enough of a drive or a want to do something, then I can do it well in sales. So then I just started going through other jobs, other jobs, random stuff. But then I yeah. got to the point to where I remember when I was at Olive Garden and, and I was a server over there, I was just doing my own thing for about two, three months and being like, oh, let's see, maybe I want to work into management because uh-huh. this is while I was waiting to join Enterprise Rent-A-Car that they had a six-month window for me to come on. Yeah. I'm like, I guess I'll just kill time over here and just make some quick bucks to, doing it. Yeah, serving is a great way yeah, to do being it. Yeah. A waiter. So while I was doing that, then they came out with a, a different thing. They go, all right, we're going to do add-on, um, an add-on bonus, like for basically anything other than an entree. And we're, and then they just put something on the board in the kitchen and they said, all right, here's first place, second place, third place. And it was out of like 20 of us. And my, that, that kicked in again, my competition level. Yeah. And it's like, I got to be first Yeah. every time. So I was first every time on that. And it was such a stupid award. They gave, they gave me a pair of socks, like a pair of dress socks yeah. and an Olive Garden 12 uh, CD case. 
Oh, <laughs> that was it. It's like, why do I want this? Yeah. What did I work? <laughs> but on? I wanted to get first, but I wanted to get first. So there you even go. when I started on with enterprise, he goes, now I'm just telling you, this is going to be a sales job. Are you good with being, with having a sales job? And I said, yes. And in my head, I'm thinking, no, yes, good for you. no, yeah. but, but I didn't want to, but yeah. I was just telling him what he needed to hear. So then I just yeah. kept going farther and farther. And then when they were tried to recruit me over to come over to car sales, then I said, I'm not a salesperson. <laughs> so what are you talking about? Of yeah, course like, you are. Uh, yeah, you are. So yeah, I did. I did that, and then yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. I guess maybe sales is my thing. Yeah. Well, I think that people get this wrong idea of sales. I think they get it because they feel like you have to fit a mold of a salesperson. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the and I was you know I said this earlier, but the best salespeople are the ones who are conf, comfortable in their own skin and confident in what they're saying. Absolutely. And it doesn't matter anything past that doesn't really matter. Like after that, you're making tweaks. You know what I mean? You're just tuning it up a little bit. Like, Hey, instead of saying this, you know, cause it's not what you say, it's how you say it, mm-hmm. you know? And so, and sometimes it is what you say. So, you know, we'll just tweak it a little bit, but after that, dude, just go. And most of the time, if you can ask it, like I, I'm more of like a question based sales guy. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do like the questions and then like hypothesis stuff, you know, so it'd be like, Hey, you know, you told me you wanted this car. Now, most of the time when somebody tells me they want this mm. car, they're going to spend four hundred, five hundred dollars a month as you planning on doing that. You know, kind of like getting people ready, like setting and so like if you can just uh be comfortable, you'll be a good salesperson. Like I, I worked with somebody for um uh, from Connect Utah. You know, she was calling me. She she was having trouble landing these clients. And I was like, well here, let's just figure out some questions you can ask. She I gave her a list of like five or six really good questions that she could like help understand and then set set up herself for a good conversation uh and her sales went through the roof really? she, never, she never called me again oh that's awesome and she's killing it she, i mean she's having other you know she's having every other startup problem that you're having you know like all of us do <laughs> but uh sales wasn't one talking to somebody wasn't one of them and i was like that's great let's roll nice <laughs> and it's just that's like cool. you know and i didn't tell her like you need to ask this question this way just like hey figure out like you know start start with this Come, get comfortable asking them and then just roll. Yeah. Do you do you do work a lot with salespeople? Do you like find yourself train? Maybe not training, but like coaching or something like that. No, no, okay. I, I don't find that I'm doing training per se. But people do know that that sales is is my forte. It's it, yeah. It's it's what I what I enjoy doing and what 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 comes easy to me. Yeah. So there are a lot of times where people will just come over and they go, "Man, how how do you do this, <laughs> this, and this?" And then I'll say. I, I do this, but it's not just listening to how I do things. It's like, no, let's <laughs> let, let's figure out that make sure that you have this part, this part, this part. And then as True. long as you've got all those things together, then you can very comfortably articulate your message. And and but yeah, I mean, so going back to what you were saying earlier, mm. you don't need to fit that slimy mold of a salesperson. <laughs> and that's probably the reason why I was so hesitant because yeah, yeah. I go, wait. I've I don't want to be that person. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I don't want to go home and say, Hey mom, you know how I have a four year uh, college degree? Well, now I'm a dirty used car salesman. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> like, how's that going to go? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, it's true. I mean, um, and, uh, and then the other thing is like, I always tell people like I, one of the other reasons I think people are scared of sales is because they don't want to, um, you know, negatively like have a negative conversation with somebody. And I'm like, well, why are you scared of that? Cause you'd have, I mean, you know, they don't want somebody to not like them in, yeah. a, in a sense, you know what I mean? And it's like, well, you're either going to not like me cause I'm a sales guy or you're not going to like me for something else. And that's the thing. It's not a negative <laughs> conversation. It's a real conversation. That's true. Yeah. 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 I, I'm not the type of person that sugarcoats really anything. Sure. And, um, I mean, poor, poor my girlfriend <laughs> that, that I'm just very blunt yeah, and matter yeah. of fact about everything and yeah. not, not very soft about it, but yeah, sure. Is what it is. But like, but you, if that's you're, if you're comfortable with it and you, and you're comfortable in your own skin with doing it, that's how you're going to make the most money. Yeah. And people respect that. Like if they know it's you, right. People mm-hmm. respect authenticity. And so if they can tell like that you're being you, they're going to respect it. Right. Cause I've had the same, cause I feel the same way. Um, I feel like, uh, you know, I can kind of turn it off and on, uh, but I lean more towards like just telling people how it is, you know, here it is. And if you don't like it, then we can talk about it. And if you don't want to talk about it, I'll probably ask one more time. But I feel like, I feel like people are afraid of, I heard the story from a mentor of mine called fouling out, you know, 
um, she was telling a story about a basketball game and uh, she had to foul out to stop the clock so that they could intercept, you know, intercept a pass and then go on to score the game. And the whole moral of the story was, was like, don't be afraid to foul out. Like you got to ask one more time. You got to, you got to, you got to like try something, you know, (laughs) like be nice about it, but don't be afraid to foul out. Yeah. Like I always say, it never hurts to ask that next question. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what are, what are you losing by asking that next question? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like exactly what what you could do is if they say, Oh, I'm not ready for a month. Okay, great. I'll call you in a month. Yeah. (laughs) Or like when, when they talk about on sales, you, you always need to sell that next step. Yeah. You don't just immediately listen to their first objection and say, Oh, okay, great. I'll call you in a month. Right. That's not selling a next step. Right. 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 (laughs) That's just dealing with their first objection without actually finding out what their real objection is. Yeah. And, and to people and, and, you know, people say, cause I'm, I always play devil's advocate. Like I always, like when I'm teaching salespeople, um, I'll tell them like, and it probably sounds mean for me to say that, like not listen to the first thing they say, but what were they supposed to do? Right, Brian? Like, were they just supposed to open their checkbook and let me fill it out for them? Like, no, dude, <laughs> like they don't yeah. know me. They need a little more information. And that's all I'm trying to find out. Yeah. They're either showing that. They, they're not quite there with you yet. Yeah, yeah, Or yeah, they're yeah. just getting a request for, for more information about what you're offering. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're not saying no. If they're saying no, then they would just say, I'm out of here. Yeah, they would hang up the phone <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. which is fine. Like, hang up the phone. Yeah. and then <laughs> That's fine. And the thing is, no is one of the best things that you can hear as a yeah. salesperson. But one of the worst things that you can ever hear is maybe. Or right, yeah. call me back later. Or, yeah, I call it the nice guy objection. Yes. Oh, oh. <laughs> right. Like you're it's really painful. nice, Brian. You've been really helpful, but we're not going to do anything. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like that when doesn't I, make any sense. Like even it, when I, when I don't hear that we're not going to do things, just the second I hear, Oh, you're a fantastic salesperson. I go, all right, well, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. like we're done. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah, yeah. 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 I didn't do it. I'm obviously not a fantastic salesperson. Yeah. I'm clearly not good at the sale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's true. Like those are the worst ones. Yeah. Th- I, I always, when I was, um, training salespeople, I'd be like, the worst objection you can hear is like the nice guy, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm cool with hearing no. I am also very leery of like hearing yes. Like if the conversation's going too well, mm. I'm like, mm. I, I, I almost uh, always circle back like, okay, let's recap this. Cause uh, I also exactly learned, right. I, I also learned that uh, if it sounds too good to be true, it is too good to be true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Buyers are liars, <laughs> you know, just so many things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. if, if it's just going so well and I go, wow, okay. It sounds like you are absolutely on board on every single thing. Well, tell me nothing is perfect. Yeah. So what don't you like about what I talked about? That's great. That's a great question to ask people. Yeah. Because and they can, uh, might be like, well, I mean, maybe this one thing. Oh, okay. Well, if, if I could improve that experience, then would you be ready to move forward? Yeah, exactly. Um, those are great. I love those. Or would that keep you from moving forward with that one thing? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I love those because it just, you want to get those out. I'd rather know now, like Mm -hmm. than later, right. Then have this great conversation and get ready to sign the paperwork. Uh, and they're like, well, we're actually comparing to someone else. Like, you could have asked that at the beginning and you didn't because you thought that like, uh, there was some game, right? Like that if you never brought up the competition that they magically wouldn't <laughs> exist. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So true. Just deal with it up front. Right. And I just, you know, cause I heard where there is no difference, there can be no preference. Mm. So if I know who my competition is, then I can show differences. Like I would never bash somebody, yeah, exactly. but I am going to tell you why you should buy from me. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? <clears throat> Uh, and that's great. So as far as, um, launch to legacy, what you guys are still going, you're going to keep going. Um, what are your plans? Like, what are your goals for it? Well, really what we're looking to do is we're officially launching our, our marketing campaign and we're just going to just really dive into this. And really our goal, our goal is to get up to say, a hundred subscribers, a thousand subscribers, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And then w- even if we don't convert any of them over to um, to being like a, a one-on-one consultant, that's totally fine. But we've got a couple consult or a couple companies that we're working with right now that are making good progress. So our goal is just to make 
maximum uh, results with them. Yeah. Get video testimonials. Like I've got a video testimonial with him in two days and, oh, great. and he's going to talk about some of the progress that's been happening. Yeah. And, but we want to do video testimonials every step of the way. Like, Hey, you guys took me from, this is the idea of my company, but that's all I have to where now I'm ready to the point to where I'm getting a, a website together. I've got a very clear vision of who my target market is. I know exactly how I'm going to launch this. I, yeah. I know what my brand is. I've, I've already adjusted, uh, create, created my logo. I'm, I'm ready to go. I've got a basic marketing strategy yeah. to when, if I interview him in a month, then Ideally, is he goes great. I've got my my products on Amazon, and this and these are the sales that I've brought in. And then the <laughs> next month after that, then et cetera, et cetera. Right, You're right, right, right. But we want to constantly be telling that user story and just be promoting the crap out of it to to our network. Yeah. And we can say, look at this company. Look what they're doing so well. They were from here to here to here. And if you want the same results, feel free to reach out to us. So we want to get as many success stories as we possibly we can. Yeah. So whether they're just with just the basic $50, $25 packages or whatever, they they still have potential of getting pretty decent results, but just not the, the really in-depth results that they get with, with being much more involved with us. So we would love to get those video testimonials as well of, Hey, we, we got a really clear vision of how I was able to set up my business. And we, we got onto a crowdfunding campaign. We got all our investor docs in place and we just received our first 20, $25,000 in funding. So now we're ready to start growing our business and ramp up. And because of course, as you can imagine, the thought process of that is if we can get them to that point and then start getting them funding through a crowdfunding campaign through one of our resource partners, then they can go like, okay, great. Now we can afford to work with you in a, in a much higher capacity. Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, that's the idea, right? Is like, give them them everything they need. So when they need something, the first person that comes to their brain is, is a little, Launch to legacy. Yeah. Give tons of value <laughs> at first for almost nothing. Yeah. And they'll remember you. Yeah, they totally will. That totally works. Well, so how can people find you? Like, what's your website, social media? The website is launchtolegacy.com. Oh, I'm sorry. Launch to legacy consulting. Okay. Dot com. Dot com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the, and the two is T O. So okay. launch to legacy consulting.com. And then they can just go launch to legacy consulting either on Facebook, on, on LinkedIn. And that's where you can find us. Okay, great. Well, Hey, thank you so much for being here, Brian. Most definitely. I really appreciate yeah, it. This has been a blast. Mm-hmm.